0: Listening to the Gormanberg Girls podcast. We're just two girls making memories and eating our way through life together. Welcome, Welcome to our, our table. Hi, I'm Star and I'm Jen, and we are the Gormanberg Girls. Hey Star. Hey Jen. How are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. So today we want to invite our listeners to a table at Acorn. We're not at our regular table, but we are at one of our favorite places. This is true. This is one of our favorite places to join one another at a table and bring others to. That's right. Yeah. So we have special guests. We do. Because people come and eat, but they don't realize all the work that goes on in the kitchen or the people. And one of the things that I love about Acorn is it's such a welcoming environment. It is. And so that's why we wanted to welcome other people here and introduce them to the people behind the magic. Right? Absolutely. So, All right. So let's start with Chef Scott Walton. How are you? I'm welcome.
1: doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: Sure. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, I <right>? know. <Yeah. laughs> We're actually at your table, right?
1: <laughs> I don't actually have a table. No. No. One of the one weird things, uh, it's kind of funny, I've never eaten here. I've never sat down for a dinner. Seriously. Seriously, in two years, I won't.
2: No, not even no. when you do like your holiday meals, like with your
0: staff. You don't sit down.
1: No, never.
0: What is it a superstitious thing or when? No,
1: it is? I think it's. Uh, I don't think you get the. Um, I will never get the experience. Like what? <laughs> I I can't hide. I am not. You know, it's yeah. it, it's. <laughs> I wouldn't be genuine. You know, and it's like, and I'm not here to critique anybody, and I don't want anyone to ever feel kind of weird, like. You know, my, my wife and kids, they come in, and, like, they were here yesterday for brunch, and I'll sit down for a minute, and, but I even see, you know, the difference in the, the treatment that they get, which, you know, I mean, I, I want everyone to have the same experience all the time, and that's, you know, where we, it doesn't matter, everyone sitting at a table is my wife or me or whoever, all the guests are the same, and that's what, you know, I think was one of the most important things about Acorn and being a neighborhood restaurant is that we try to create that environment that, you know, it is special. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I look at the people that work out here in the front and how they treat it. And to me, you wouldn't know that any one of them could be a partner or owner in this restaurant because that's what it, it means to them. You know, it means just as much to them every day, you know, and we have a deal, like I will always take care of you and Steve will always take care of you that you never have to worry about that kitchen. And that your job is just to make people feel special And it's like, that's what we do and, and, you know, I don't I always talk about, like, people ask And it's like, there's so many different things in life I could have chose a path to go down And, like, money Definitely, I could have found a way to make more money <laughs> Than doing this But it's um, it's Something I think that that is chosen And, like, you're chosen for this And, like, it's like I don't have a choice And, and what it is To me is that I get this gratification and we all do every day from every guest that walks in for the most part, almost a hundred percent, you know, like, and that little 10th of a percentage that someone doesn't like something or whatever. I mean, it really, truly, it bothers us. And I, I want to know why and, and and you know, what we did wrong and how do we fix it? And, you know, but I look at every time that someone sits at our table that we have a chance to make an experience for people. and. It's something that you know. Who knows why they're here? It could be a first date. It could be we've we've had an engagement in the restaurant. We've had, I mean, there's so many numerous you know occasions. Whether it's a graduation or you know what I mean, like it's something that I want people to remember forever. And it starts at the table. And and that's where, you know kind of where we started here is like, and I think that's where a lot of restaurants miss the mark, and and the industry misses the mark, and that is this is, as, this is as, as important if not more important than the actual food that's sitting on your table you know mm-hmm. and and it's the experience that you get and you know our job is to to nourish you and, and nourish your body through food and flavors and smells and and the, and, the, and the experience in the front of house is the same way with their special treatment and and recognizing you know like, I mean, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be in the front. Like, it's a a special person that has to be out here, but they know when to to leave a guest alone. They know when to to back away from a table. They know when they need to be engaged into a table and when the table wants them. You know, it's like, it's an art. And, um, you know, I call it the family out here, but they are probably the best I've ever worked in in my life and that's saying a lot because I think you know coming from Chicago you know you had real pros in Chicago that this was their living it's all they did you know yeah. like it wasn't we're going to college and you know the whole this is what we do for a living and and this is my life and how I make my money so they, they're their standards I think you know and and there's so much competition you have to be so good in a big city or you can't make it and um, to put a team together like we have and with very little turnover and you know in two years it's it's amazing you know
0: yeah so what ignited the passion in you to cook did it start when you were very oh young?
1: gosh you know everyone asks this and i can tell you some real embarrassing stories and, oh we
0: um, want to hear that. yeah that's why
2: we're here We're so, the embarrassing stories i spent a
1: lot of time probably with my my i probably spent the most time with my mom because um, i was the the youngest And I and I was pretty athletic, and I was on a lot of traveling sports teams in in a small town that I grew up in. And uh, I started baking cheesecakes for my the all stars uh, kids on my team's parents, and would start taking them to the games for them. First, I'm hearing about. I know. I know. (laughs) I said it's embarrassing. So yeah, so I got like kind of weirdly known for baking these cheesecakes when I was like 13 and 14, like on, on a baseball all star team, and I would give them to all my friends' parents. Nice. And then then I you know later, I, I knew I liked it, and I knew I liked spending time in the kitchen with my mom. And she was a really, really good cook. And, and the kind of cook that, like, when she, she would make biscuits every Sunday for breakfast and, like, never had a recipe out. When she baked, she never had a recipe, ever. She just knew how to do it. She, her, she was taught as a 13-year-old, you know what I mean, it was part of her job on the farm. As, as a, you know, a child growing up in the, you know, I mean, she grew up in the late 40s or early 40s. And and that was part of her job, you know, growing up. I guess, you know, kids don't have chores like that, I don't think anymore. Right, but, yeah. you know, so from there, I, you know, stumbled through college and had no idea what I was going to do. And um, I took some time off. And my sister, I was kind of helping nanny her kid a couple days a week in, in between School And and uh, so I was cooking a lot and I would just make meals for them when they came home from work or whatever. And my brother-in-law pulled me off to the side one night and he said, you know, he's like, he's like, you got a gift for this. Like, have you thought about it? And I was like, thought about what? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I dabbled around in, in high school, like in kitchens in our small town mm-hmm. and things like that, but never, ever gave it a consideration as a mm-hmm. career. And he um, was—he had spent some time at the Cordon Bleu in France. So he was a—it's a funny story, but he was a—he had his doctorate in chemical engineering, Mm -hmm. and he worked for Esso, big gas companies. He traveled all over the world, and he went to the Cordon Bleu because he was single and he thought it'd be a good place to meet women. (laughs) (laughs) but in the meantime you know and he had this beautiful kitchen my sister's house had this beautiful kitchen with all this really ornate um cookware from france and like things i've never seen you know and like growing up in a small town in the middle of illinois and um so i just said yeah give it a shot you know and and when i got there and i was really chemistry and um like biology and math heavy because my brother was went to med school and I thought maybe that would be a path I would go, and, but I really didn't want to. But mm. math came very easy to me and chemistry. So when I got into school and started realizing that most things were formulas and they were teaching you basics, you know, and the, the, the foundation of cooking is literally formulas, you know, where you take flavors and what's your path and, you know, what's, what kind of cook you are, that's up to you. But, like, it, it, I was real good at it. I was better than most you know and um it came real easy so um and i fell in love with it you know i i liked it and i knew that um i knew that i could uh, once i got in the industry and i started i knew i could s- excel and, and and succeed fairly quickly because you know it's it, you know the cooking is um there's a lot of cooks in the world, but there's not a lot of uh i think really good chefs in the world you know I think there's a big difference, and I think there's a you know in in the cities you find guys that that are musicians that cook on the weekends or cook at night or they mm-hmm. you know they 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 do it to to support themselves, but it's not their passion or their or their life so you know they go in they fill their eight or nine hours and they get out and whatever you know that wasn't that wasn't me I knew mm-hmm. from day one like this, this is what I was going to do, and I was going to be good at it. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: amazing. It, it is. is. Great. Yeah. And we think you're great at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why this is like our That's, favorite place. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, you know, but I, it's funny. I told my wife um, eight months ago, I came home and I said, in 25 years until today, I didn't know what kind of cook or who I was. I didn't know what my voice was. And, um, we, we put a menu together, and, and I looked at the menu, and I was looking at it, and looking at it, and I just read it, and read it, and kept looking at it, and it's like, this is who I am, you know, like, and that's, that's it's hard to explain, but, you know, you, you get influenced by lots of people, and you're always looking at your peers, and you're looking at some of the best guys in the world, and what they're doing, and that, that's all I do at night when I get home, you know, like, everyone's in bed by the time I usually get home, so I read, and and i read and i'm because i want to know and and I, and i, I want to see what people are doing and and i think people fall into that trap of um find, when they're trying to find their path as a cook they they use other people to plagiarize that path and try to emulate and then, yeah i mean that's i mean who doesn't want to emulate the best you know right. but right. it's not your own voice that comes out right. it's a, i think it's a muddled a muddled version of someone else's work And that's when I said that night, and I and I'm guilty as anyone, you know, like because, yeah, these are the guys that you see on TV. These are the guys you read about in the magazines. These are the top fifty in the world, you know, and like, yeah, why are they the top fifty in the world, you know? And I don't feel that they're better cooks than me. I don't feel, you know, but and I don't know when and how it happened, but it was just like my voice came out, and I was like twenty five years of saying I haven't cooked my own food is really like it was gut-wrenching
2: can we talk about that for a second let's talk about your menu for a minute because (laughs) one thing that i remember just a couple of conversations that we've had in the past one thing that you had said is like i don't i don't want this expansive menu i want Mm -hmm. a a menu with i'd rather have 16 things i think is what you said i'd rather have 16 things that i execute well And to have a menu full of things that are, you know, they're okay, they're pretty good. Um, But also, I think we've, we've actually heard people say this, and we've had these conversations too, people are sometimes afraid of the ingredients. They hear certain things or they look at things and they're thinking, well, that menu... That, that's a little too out there for me You know, there's too much going on There are too many different ingredients I've never tried that before I don't mm-hmm. know what that is and, and mine and Jennifer's comment is always Just trust him Like, <laughs> just <laughs> trust Like, it works It works So even if you're not an adventurous eater Like, sometimes it's just trust But can we, let's talk about that like a little bit It
3: a while to gain people
1: oh, It was terrible the first couple
3: of months It was hard to get people to come oh. And understand, like, the ingredients And stuff that we do here and like now that we've been around like almost two years now in September, like people are like, no and people keep coming back and they're willing to try different things that they normally wouldn't have tried in the past.
2: Yeah. So, so let's talk so about this. So we cool. didn't introduce yeah, Steve I'm yet. So, so let's talk about this relationship between Scott and Steve and how this came oh about. Boy. And cause. Kobe's
1: was. on the South side. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe. Shout out the bar. So I moved into Pittsburgh, um, we moved from Chicago. Mag's got a transfer, my wife, with FedEx. They literally said, you have a month to go. So we were like, oh, gosh, what are we going to do? So I, we decided that we would live in a city somewhere that I, I knew I would probably end up working in the city for sure. And she was, you know, a home office or whatever, and already knew Pittsburgh because she's from here. Mm-hmm. So we had to find a place where... Scott could drive, <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> like, like
1: I, you know, what I mean, like where I was close to anything I was gonna do and work at. Like I, I get from point A to point B and back, and that's it. Yeah. And like I'm not interested in learning Pittsburgh streets or roads. I didn't care. Like I just wanted to get to work and back. So we moved into the South Side because I figured it'd be the closest. And um, <laughs> we were there was this little bar over. I don't know what street. Twelve is on, Street. 12 street. <laughs> yeah, Twelve street. I lived on Thirteenth. Was on Twelve. I that was my little getaway. I would go and go over and have a beer at Kopi's once in a while, and um, once in a while. Yeah, once in a while. <laughs> and, and so I got to meet Kopi pretty, you know, the guy that owns it really well. And uh, I ended up taking the Heinz Field job, and you know it was kind of I had a choice between one of the big hotels downtown and Heinz Field, <laughs> and I wasn't really interested in either because I knew I wanted to open a restaurant here and when we came here I originally had a spot picked out that kind of was really bad and the deal was really bad and it thank God it fell through like there's there's miracles and and and, and hardships sometimes and you don't realize them till later but mm-hmm. it really was a miracle that it fell through and so I knew I had you know I had to go to work and so I've done huge, huge hotels in Chicago and you know where we could feed up to 10,000 people at an event. And I was like, I don't wanna do that again. And I was like, I've never done a football field. Like, what is this, you know? And so I, I figured in my career, if you look at it, I've done 30 seat restaurants all the way up to 70,000.
2: Wow. And
1: I've done everything in between, everything, everything. I've done hotels, I've done 700 seat restaurants, I've done 140 seat restaurants. 300 seats i've done banquets that uh, catering and banquets that we did 40 million a year so i've tried to learn a little bit about everything and in in, in in my career so anyway back to copie's whatever he he i so i took the heinz field job and i and i was like i needed people like i got there and i'm like oh god i can't do this yeah. not not with what's here this is the hand you're doing i'm like so i knew i needed to get a couple people and and uh Kobe says to me one day he's like hey you know there's a, this guy that comes in here that he's a cook too and i'm like really and i'm like you know because i knew i know no one in this town nobody and <laughs> and so
3: i came in like on, i was like, <laughs> it was like a random tuesday at like three in the afternoon and i walked in and i said hi Kobe, what's going on and scott was sitting there i didn't recognize him and Kobe's was like hey remember gonna, gonna meet this guy over his name's scott so we started talking and uh Long story short, after we talked for about like twenty minutes and had a beer together, he was like, "You want to come work at Heinz Field?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> and at the
3: time, I was the sous chef at Ten Penny Downtown. I wasn't necessarily happy where I was, so like, I figured uh, he said, "If you want to come and do a tasting at the stadium, like, we could see if uh, if it's something you might want to do." And so I went like, I think like the next week. It
1: was the next week. Next week yeah. I
3: went to Heinz Field, which was kind of cool because. You know, working at Heinz Field, like growing up in Pittsburgh, was kind of a cool thing for me. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, I didn't get it either.
3: And I didn't you understand what job
1: I took. <laughs> I had no
3: idea that. So, the Scott. Scott would always way. reference Hinesfield as the Vatican of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, do it. <laughs> it is want to come work at the Vatican. Uh, I was like, I think I
1: might want to. Yes, <laughs> it's Sunday church.
3: Yeah, I, I never I'm, thought of it. It that is way. Sunday church is in
0: Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, and, course, and
1: yeah. I get to be the pope. Yeah. <laughs> and, I do, like, and this thing, like, it doesn't mean anything to me because yes. I'm not from here. Like, but it did, you know. And that's what's cool about it. And, and you know, hiring people like Steve and getting to know Steve and. and realizing what the Steelers meant to this town was something that I'm very unfamiliar with coming from Chicago I mean yeah we like our Bears and we love our Bulls and the Blackhawks and but you know when you start getting into the history and what, what this this franchise and means to this city it it like became where I was just like ah oh, it's a job to get me to point B soon but it became something like I was I actually was honored to have mm-hmm. yeah. because of what what the relationship to the, you know the team in this town is and the people to this town that you know I mean you look back and I started doing my my history and reading and you know when things were going really bad for Pittsburgh in the sixties and seventies all they had was the Steelers that's the mm-hmm. only thing that kept this town together is a winning city you know everyone every, the industry was leaving people there was no jobs the economies were terrible but the Steelers kind of kept. That those roots really, really, you know, tight, and and you know, being a one family operation and having two coaches over forty years, and like, you know, I got it. It it clicked one day, and it's like, okay, I get it, because I couldn't understand why anyone would think that job was cool. Like, like like this sucks. Like honestly, this sucks. Like, you know, but it ended up, and the relationships that I made there, there, you know, I mean, with Steve and. You know like we're family and and benny came back from he was a Sioux that um was with me for i don't know seven years in chicago and Mm -hmm. i got got him to come out and take that crappy job too and you know it was me benny and steve and we ran that place for two years like i don't think anyone has ever run it and and what we did is we we everywhere i've ever been i've tried to never lose who i am as a cook. And, and even though it's 70,000 people, we didn't cheat it. And we never cheated it. We, we always go the extra, and he can tell you, extra yeah. 20 hours a yeah. day if it takes it mm. to provide people with something. Like when I got there, it was nothing but cans, cans of everything and frozen food. And, like, it was just gross. Like, I remember walking in my first day and seeing two pallets of cheese sauce. And I just wanted to crap myself. <laughs>
2: like, what, what,
1: I mean, two pallets of cheese sauce. Like... That's awful. Right. And you know in 2 years we were everything on that menu was made in house for the wow. sweets for the concessions in 2 years we got to be able to make everything and that was the deal I made. When we went in and I said I'm going to do this my way or no way. You let me I'm not following any Aramark rules. I'm not I make my own <laughs> rules. Right. And I guarantee this will be better, you know, but it was in my life probably it was number one or two grind ever. I mean, these we, these guys Benny and Steve did four twenty hour shifts in a row. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like oh you gosh, can't imagine no. what it's like to flip seventy thousand people. Mm-hmm. And, no. ha- and then having events, you they know have to come in and
3: do three events that have five hundred people in each event the next yeah. day. Yeah.
1: It was um it was incredible. And and I knew when I, when I knew I wanted Steve in my kitchens forever after we went through all that together. You know, and Benny would've been in this kitchen until, but he moved, he, he's having a baby this week and moved to Long Island and, but he'll be back. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when you work with those people that long and that much time and, 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 you know, like you really are family, yeah. you know, like your family, like you, we spend more time together than we do with our families. Right. And um, like our days start
3: at 30 in the morning and then we're here sometimes till midnight. Yeah, Yeah,
2: I don't think that a lot of people think about that. I think people tend to walk into a restaurant kind of just like a spoiled, you know, I'm here to get my meal. And you're not thinking how much time has been invested into what's going to be set before you. From the creative process of creating what it is to preparing the ingredients to Getting that meal from the kitchen to the table. I don't Sourcing think there are the a lot ingredients.
1: Of people, yeah, I don't what, think there a lot of people think what's available when it's it. available. You know, like how much. You know, like. How long, you know, I got this poor, I'm running this little lady ragged that's picking mushrooms for us yes. right now. I mean, we went through 30 pounds in two days, and so I'm she calling came, her. She
3: came with like 13 pounds the other day. I'm like, oh, so it lasts us a couple, like a week, and it yeah. was gone in two days. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it's a really good well, mushroom. I was just, just going to say. It, right? Right now, so. But it's, yeah. you know, when
1: you think about all of that, and and the deal with this, with this restaurant, and, and what I said from day one to everyone is that if we don't make it, we don't serve it. It's pretty much everything is made in-house. I mean, mm-hmm. everything down to the butter. We make butter. We make, that was my goal, to, to turn in this, like when you talk about real scratch food, mm-hmm. this this is this as is, scratch as it gets. You know, we bake bread every day. You know, we bake our own bread. Most restaurants don't do that. Most restaurants don't make their own butter. Most, You know what I mean? Like the, the world of the food industry has become, it's, it's made to be shortcutted. You know that hey, this company provides this pre-packaged product that will save sh- save labor, save time, save money. You know, but it's garbage. You know, yeah. it's like it's not cooking. You know, and I just wanted to cook again. Yeah. You know, and, and and get back to like what it was. It's it's meant to be. And if like if it's not good, we don't serve it. If it's out of season, we don't use it. You know, like the the things that. You know, you, you rarely get the opportunity to do in life because very few people ever get the opportunity to call their own shots. And I've been afforded that opportunity here and this is the way we're gonna do it. And that's we all decided. And they say, like, you know, we you know, we won't serve it if it's not right and if it's not perfect. It doesn't yeah. go out. It just it just won't. And uh, I would rather tell someone no and I'm sorry rather than you know, um, sacrificing, you know, our integrity of what we do. You know, it's, that's, to me, that's what it's all about. It's, it's about soul, and if you have it or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we went to the Beard House, I went up to the third floor. They had a, a new group up there. And this guy said to me, and I'll never forget this. He walked in the room, and he said, I knew you before I met you. Because he knew what personality I was by what I put on a plate. And it's like, that's it. That's it. That's all I could ever ask for. You know, like if someone felt like they knew who I was as a person, as a chef, before they ever met me. Because of what we put in front of them. And it's like, you hit those milestones in your career, and it's like... That's all I could ever ask. Mm-hmm. But twenty five years it took yeah. to you know to, to figure that out. And you know, and like and that's the beauty about what's happening right now and even right now at this table. The transition is Steve finding his voice. It's not about me anymore. It's about him. And and it's his name on the menu. And you know, I, I want him to find his voice and curate his own food and and, and find out who he is as a cook. And, you know, with my help and I'll help him and I'll teach him whatever I can or if I have things that I think might make sense or we bounce ideas off each other. But, um, you know, like it's it's time for him and his career to go, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like I'm pushing him out and like push because he can do everything else. He can execute the restaurant. He executes the kitchen perfectly, you know, and it's like now it's time to find your voice as a cook and what you want to cook for a living, you know, whether it's here at Acorn or it could be Steve's Acorn someday or, yeah. you know, I mean, and that's the goal. And most guys in the kitchen, I feel like there's so much ego involved in, all, in, in the world of cooking. And, you know, it's about your ego and, you know, and yeah, you, you know, you, I tell everyone every night, it's like walking in the dining room naked because you're out there on every plate, mm-hmm. and every table. Mm-hmm. That's me. It's your name yeah. on every that's, that's me. And it's like, that's why you don't see me often. Because I... <laughs> I mean, honest to God. Like, if someone's out yeah. here, yeah, maybe I'll fly out and say hi real quick. And I fly you right You do
2: back. like to hide in the kitchen. Uh, I do.
1: because Steve, Steve, do you want to go talk to me yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Like, sure. But <laughs> that's because it's, it's hard for me. Like, I'm... I'm I, I don't know why, but I feel the pressure. In the room, because I look at everything and I see everything, and I want to. I look at someone's plate and I look at someone's reaction when they're taking a bite of something, and like it's maddening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Literally, it's maddening. Yeah. And it's because you try to please, you know, 130 people a night, you know, and you like absolutely want to blow them away every night. And like that pressure is ins- is almost insanity, but I f- it feeds me. Yeah. Yeah, it fuels me. It's like what I love. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, and then I think that's what we all love and, and like we get it every day and you know like if my wife's in sales and, and I think you know like she, she might be working on a deal and whatever but she might not see that gratification for six months
3: mm.
1: I get it in an hour mm-hmm. nice. in an hour I can look at someone's face in that dining room and I and I, I get that and that f- that fulfills me
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that's what it's about it's not about my own ego you know it's and I think that's where this industry it's really kind of gotten skewed in a way because it's always about the people that sit at the table. And television and all these famous chefs and Food Network, it started making about the chef and about the ego. And, and let me tell you, I thank them all because when I was coming up, money just got stupid in this industry. And people were just paying and paying and paying because chefs all of a sudden were considered almost white-collar we start moving into that world, you know, and that's because of the Emerald Lagasse's of the world and the food network. And, you know, it also saturated the industry with a bunch of underqualified cooks and culinary schools, too. But, um, you know, it's um, there's a lot of ego in the kitchen. And I and I not with me, my my ego is at the table and that's where it should be. And it should be in front of you. You -hmm. know, it's not about me it's about the 100 people that walk to the door every night. That's that's what I try to teach everyone in that kitchen that works for me too, you know, like that's all it's about. It's nourishing those people that come through here and if we do it, well, you know, yeah, I mean, it feeds my ego a little bit, and if there's ever some praise or, you know, good reviews or whatever, yeah, it feels good, but yeah. that's not what it's about. It's not about that at all, and that's what his job now, Steve's job is going to be is to take that position and, and start curating his own memories out here.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think we can agree that it's a sense we've gotten that kind of vibe, that sense from the very first time yeah, that we that humble. we ate here. You definitely feel like you're you're important when you come. It's something that I mean, it's kind of how we are as individuals, and yeah. we by no means. While we like to cook, we by no means
0: would consider ourselves chef quality. <laughs> Are you kidding? I, mean, at all? I had a dinner party Friday night for twenty people, and I'm still tired. <laughs> <So. laughs> but,
2: but the whole idea that it's what it's the ta- it's making the person at the table feel special. Uh-huh. It's making you want them to enjoy their meal and not just the food that they're putting, but the entire experience. It's, an and experience. So, it's
3: the best thing in the world, yeah, it I mean, is. Even last night, I was sitting at the table over there at the end of the night. It was like nine thirty that's like wrapping up. We had a table of six or seven people down here, and this little eighty-year-old lady came came walking up the ramp to me, and I could tell she was just coming straight for me. And
2: "Look out!" I don't, that's why, know, that's yeah. why I don't come
3: out here. <laughs> good <laughs> yeah. And she came up to me, all smiles. She was like, "I just want to let you know, this is my second oh. time here. It was Like, we just had a little bit of everything down there. Everything was absolutely perfect. They're like." I asked her, just like, f- uh, before she even told me, it was her second time around, but it was just her first time. She's like, "No, I've been here before." She's so like, "I brought five people with me, and we were all just blown away." So I just want to let you know how great everything was, and like, I immediately got up and went back and told everybody working in that kitchen. When that when something like that happens, I share it with the kitchen every time, and yeah. then and they get a sense of gratification. Sure, you feed
2: off of that. Yeah, that yeah. keeps and you going. And makes you want to
3: get do better, and it makes you want to do that for the next person that walks through the door. Yeah, you know, it's.
2: It's an industry of making people happy, for sure. Sure. It is a service. You yeah. know, like you are serving people every day. Yeah.
0: I remember the first time we came here, we ordered a ton of different things. We did. we tend to do that. And we were eating everything, and I just kept saying, this is so fun. This is so fun. Because everything was delicious, and it just felt the whole vibe. Everything in here felt great. Yeah. And we were immediately attracted to that. That's hard one.
1: to do. Like, I mean, when you think about it from the minute you walk in to what it looks like, to how you're greeted... Mm -hmm. to what the menu looks like how it's written how it flows you know what your what your seat is how comfortable it is like Uh, it goes down to what when you know like I tell people you might not realize it but your fork is $20 and and there was I went through hundreds of forks till I found the right one that was the right weight for for men and for women and like like there's so much madness that is behind it (laughs) that you don't realize it's not like hey, the forks. The fork guy dropped off forks today.
0: (laughs) I mean, really, like down
1: to the plates and what the plates were going to look like and how it was going to fit our food. And I mean, it it was just months and months and months that we spent looking at, oh, I I have a garage full of samples. I could could (laughs) probably fill a whole nother restaurant with the samples that people sent me. But that's the start of it. And like, it rarely comes together where you can say, wow, like this is special. And I feel like like you know, and I've opened e restaurants in my life, I think, and I've never felt that way about any of them where it all came together. And it, and it's special. And like the 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 room is special, the people are special in the room, the food is special, the the glassware is right, the forks are right, like it's just right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and that's that's the goal, you mm-hmm. know, and it takes so much time and effort and, and people like Steve and people like Jesse that just walked by and, you know, it's, it's, it has to be clicking on all cylinders at all times, you know, for, to really make it work. And the amount of pressure that these people feel, I mean, it is... No off nights. Oh, Can't.
3: none. It's got no. to be, be consistent. Every night, everything's the same. Every single time it leaves out of that kitchen. If it's not, it's not leaving the kitchen. Right?
1: And it's not pleasant back yeah. there.
3: And I'm
2: not, <laughs> I, 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 know. Know. I be very stressful.
1: I do not like to yell, but it happens quite often. Sometimes. Yeah, but you know, it's that's that's part of it, and the part of it is teaching the the, the people, the the ones that are coming up, um, that that's the only way, and mm-hmm. like you have to be able to check that in yourself, or for, before you ever put that on the pass for me to look at, before I send it out or Steve sends it out, like it has to be perfect before it comes to us mm. like no exception and you, that is hard for people to learn yeah because they're just trying to get through some nights because the tickets the machine just it's maddening this just never stops coming out of the machine the tickets and it's hard to keep that that it, that I don't I don't know what it is so that checks yourself of doing something right every time every time and like knowing that you might have to start a dish over it's gonna mm-hmm. totally screw you, like because there's no time for it in service because mm-hmm. the tickets don't, don't stop coming. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're getting behind, when and you get feel, out of your flow. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, but, and hungry people are very hard to please. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. like, what do you mean? Why isn't right. my like food out here right. yet? You know, so that would be pressure in and of itself. Mm-hmm. For, for sure. sure,
1: it's um. You know what? It's been the most rewarding for me. Um, Pittsburgh you know i think the people i met here i always I always wondered if i should have stayed back you know if we should have stayed in chicago but not not after the last 2 years like you know and this is and it's that. the hardest fight of your life you know like it's not only that i mean this is a business yeah it takes people to come through the door every night to for us to be able to pay for the the food and pay for the lights and like running the business side of it is a whole another thing you mm-hmm. know like it's not just cooking all the time like you have to find time to write bills like mm-hmm. after we get done i'm gonna write some bills <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> you know before dinner or I not
2: to... so glamorous part yeah, of yeah the not
1: so there's so many things that are not glamorous that um people don't realize that that's part of this you know and it's you know for me i don't i like it i like it because it's like again once it's math and it's a game and it's percentages and you know trying to trying to do this but you know it's it's a lot of work, and you have to have a, a really good team around you, to be able to do it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, for you guys, this is more that this isn't a job. This is your passion. It's what you right, love to sure. do. So mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference. Right. It's not the person that's just working in the kitchen to get through, to make money, to right, right. to support. You know, waiting until they can do what it is that they want to do. Right. This is what you want to do.
3: And there are the, there are those people, and. Those people have come and gone from this restaurant.
2: <laughs> yeah. um, they don't last. You know, yeah. you, know,
3: you know, you find out pretty quickly who's gonna stay and who's gonna put the time and who's willing to learn and uh, excel and grow in, in this industry. And then you know very quickly, sometimes within a week, that somebody isn't cut out for it. Well, and that's gotta cut. be
2: stressful for you guys too. Cause you guys it's, are not the first chefs that we've talked to who have made that comment. That uh, the turnover is unbelievable.
3: You, you take the time, you, you get somebody in here, I mean, just the paperwork, just to hire somebody takes yes. takes a minute to do. And then you get them in and you're, you have to train them. You, you take a couple of days of training them and then like either they don't show up or whatever it may be or just doesn't cut it or like doesn't want to conform to how we do things here because they're used to not doing everything perfect or not. I mean, our standard here is I think, pretty high, higher than most places <laughs> around here. And I, I noticed it pretty quickly when I see people come from different restaurants that were able to just squeeze by and just do the minimal and not clean up and not make sure that I kitchen perfectly clean before they leave at the end of the night. Like, that's a whole other part of that's not glamorous about this job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only do you have to come in and work and sweat and be, be hot and tired, and then like, then once everyone's fed, okay, time to spend the next two hours cleaning up the kitchen.
1: Yeah. Ripping it apart. I mean, ripping it apart. And every gasket gets wiped out. And every, you know, we're very meticulous about, you know, the kitchen. And, and, and when I was coming up, like, if that was my saute station, no one touched it. Get away. Mm-hmm. It was mine. And I cleaned it every night. And, like, don't, I wouldn't let anybody on it. Like, get away. And I, that, that, that's what made my life easy was my equipment. And I always kept my equipment like, like shiny penny. And we try to keep that our kitchen here the same way. And not only is it for us, but it's a responsibility to everyone that we're work, you're working in a clean and safe and sanitary environment. Yeah. You know I mean? We don't want to kill anybody out here. I mean, we deal with raw food all day long, you mm-hmm. know? and But it's hard, you know, at the end of the night and you just fed 150 people and it's 105 degrees in the kitchen. And now you gotta spend the next two hours cleaning. Mm-hmm. You, and know? You, know, you know
3: the nights that are like really tough, so. If you see that they've had like a rough night, you know it's time to get the kitchen around the beers while they're cleaning up, so that makes, it, that makes it a little bit smoother and easier for them. To
1: you try to buy them anyway. You yeah.
3: can. <laughs> tell, t- tell one of the bartenders, like, please go get me a couple of beers for these guys, so they're not so grumpy the rest of the
1: night.
0: Yeah, so as we're getting into fall, you'll probably be changing the menu again, right?
1: Constantly,
0: yeah. So, <laughs> so how do you decide? Is this just a it just comes from inside you, it's just creativity?
1: I, you know, it's it's a collaboration, it's, it's uh, you know, I think, it's like I said, sometimes it's it's something that I see or I read that might be one ingredient that starts mm-hmm. the process. And that process sometimes never finds a home, you know, and I just forget about it or I ditch it and I don't, it's like, this is not gonna be good. But, you know, it usually starts with an ingredient, a season, You know, um, something. I like to challenge our kitchen with things that they haven't seen a lot of in their life. You know, like they they, these guys get to see products that very few people do. You know, when there's truffles flying in constantly from all over the world, there's it's a playground. Mm -hmm. Like this is this is a playground that most cooks never get to see. You know, you have to be one of the really top restaurants in the country, if not the world. That you get to play with whatever you want. And I say, if you want to do a dish or you want to collaborate on a dish, tell me and I'll get it. I'll get it. If it's reasonable, I'll get it. You know what I mean? I'll find it and I will source it for us, you know? (laughs) And um, it's really cool right now because sometimes, you know, I don't, it's, you get writer's block. Mm -hmm. You get uncreative because of everything else that's around you in the world that's stimulating you at all times. Like sometimes I'm just not that creative. And the kitchen is turning right now, you know, with Steve and some of the guys back there. That it's what I wanted. They're they're all starting to put have input in things, and it makes my life real easy because they'll say the word, and then boom, it's there for me. It sparks something. It sparks something, Mm -hmm. and I know the whole dish right now. Like Mm -hmm. bang, one word to do it for me. But that hasn't happened here yet. You know, we had a lot of soldiers. We didn't have a lot of creative you know we just were doers We're doers get it done get it done get it done and you know now the process is we know how to get it done we know how to get it done really really well where we're not all dying and you know it's like 20 hour days every day but now it's starting to free the creative process for all the cooks back there and we've opened the door because now that you can cook our food and cook mine and steve's food and you can cook it at this level now let's start talking about what you want to cook and because now I trust you as a cook Mm -hmm. that we can do this together you know and and that was a big thing and when you start a restaurant I hate to the the first menu was stupid it was terrible (laughs) I I didn't want to think about it (laughs) it was awful I mean you know and I hate to call it a dummy down but it's a dummy down because we don't know what to expect I don't know what these guys how good these guys are yet You've, you've had them in our building for five days and we're opening our doors you know like you put all this trust into everyone, and and I had to be prepared to that we could do it and do it well, and you know, not you know, really alienate the hundreds of people that were going to walk through our doors in, in those first few weeks, and so it was dummy. It was kind of it was to get us through, and for us to for us to be able to evaluate. Okay, where can we really go in this kitchen? And 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 culinary wise and and creative wise, how far can I push? And I just kept pushing them and just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And and it pushes me too. You Mm -hmm. know, I push myself, but now we're at the point where I the doors are open. Like everyone has a shot at putting like the new ribeye dish is John's. He's been a cook with us for Mm -hmm. a year and a half. Mm -hmm. He brought it to me. It's it's brilliant. Hmm. I mean like it's brilliant like he he came to me and like now he won't stop texting me it's like leave me alone (laughs) I mean seriously on his off days I get these strings of texts and I'm like (laughs) but it's amazing but it's amazing
2: yeah that's gonna be feel really excited because you start something in him too that's got him now I know that this is
1: what he wants to do for his life yeah you know and I know that he's gonna be good at it but that's exciting you Mm -hmm. know like I'm responsible for that like and Steve's responsible for that like you know I can't tell you how many executives are in this world that worked with me at some point in their life you know what I mean like there's a there's a ton of them that went through kind of my schooling and 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 worked underneath me and and they're all like really really successful people and it's like that's
2: somebody believed in them, gave them a chance. Yeah. and That, that, and that person was you. That feels yeah, good. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the reward. Yeah.
1: That I get, a, I'm able to give back. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, um, that's, that's the, why we do this. You know what I mean? And like, I still hear from them every year. They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. I got one in Portland. I got one in DC. I got one in, you know, New York and there's, they're all over. And I hear from them all the time. You know, and it's like, these are people, this is 20 years down the road. Yeah. Yeah, so like that's great it is you know it, it really is because I was fortunate enough to have the same kind of mentorship and those are the people that I still reach out to that are mm. god they're all dead now almost because we're getting so old but <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what I mean like,
1: but the, the, but you know what I mean I can't I can't thank them enough for like the road that they paved for me
2: mm. you
3: know I mean I've 36 now I started this year when I think she was 18 so half my life I've been doing this yeah so 18 years and every time I hire any new cook back there you know and say hey, I'm willing to train and teach anybody here and like you know I learned so much from Scott you know you're gonna learn a lot if you want to come here and you know how to cook and cook the right way and I, I would tell every new employee I'm like in the 18 years I've been doing this I've learned more in this industry in the last, whatever it's been, four or five <laughs> years that I've been working with them, So mm-hmm. in five years, five years out of the 18 years, I've learned way more than what I was doing prior to. Mm-hmm. So
1: that's our responsibility. You know what I mean? Like that is our responsibility is, is to, to, to bring people up in life. You know what I mean? And like, and when you see, I always tell everyone, I can teach everything but this, and mm-hmm. I'm pointing to my heart. You know, I yeah. can't teach passion. I can't teach drive. Right. But I can teach you anything you want to know about this business, you know, or as much as I know. And, and those are the people that I look for when we, when we talk about interviewing people. I, it's And the same in the front of the house. That's what I look for. I mm-hmm. look for passion. I don't look for anything else. I can, we, can, we can train. We can teach. We can, you know, we can give them the tools, everything to do their job. But that's what we have to have, you know, yeah. and, and that's the buy-in. And it's like I promise, if you come with it, you're walking out. You're going to be successful. You'll be able to work anywhere in this town for sure. Yeah. Anywhere. You know, you go through this kind of training here. You'll be able to work anywhere in the city, if not any city. You know, because we 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 do the right things. You know, we we cook the right way. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's you know like it, it's that's the gratification. You know, I we don't get to see our families much. We don't get to see. You know, my, I don't get to see my little girls as much as I want, but there's so much more about the industry that gives back that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. And those are the things. And then someday you hope it's money.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still Yeah.
1: Like money is like the Make thing. Make more that, work less.
2: Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, someday. Well,
2: yeah. <laughs> someday. Right. Well, I want to say, I mean, we have so appreciated this time here together talking this way. We have a couple things that we like to do at the end of a podcast when we talk to chefs. So this is just oh a, this is like a either or, <laughs> don't, don't yeah. think about it. Just like, <laughs> <you know>. do. <laughs> these are like silly little questions. No big deal. You know? So it's like a you know, cake or pie,
1: Scott? Ooh. Pie. pie. Pie.
2: Pie. We have two pie guys here. Pie. All right. All right. How about uh, pancakes or waffles?
3: Waffles. Waffles.
2: That is crazy. <laughs> wow. you guys made waffles. <laughs> you definitely should have that. Yeah, you guys make a killer pancake. Dish, <laughs> Maybe so, that's so, like, why. Because yeah, yeah. I don't want to see it ever again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, too funny. All right, uh, chocolate or vanilla? Ooh. Ooh.
1: vanilla. Uh, I probably have to go with chocolate.
2: Ooh, they're divided, guys. No, I mean, you know what? I
1: like chocolate. But as a kid, I didn't. It's weird. Huh. I was never the chocolate ice cream kid. I was always the vanilla cake. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we
2: said no explanation, but I do have to say, like, yeah. I just want to. interject. It kind of depends on what it is. Right. Like when you're saying chocolate That's or vanilla. True. I mean, it depends. You know.
1: It does because there's yeah, there's, cause times there's times where too. I just want a candy bar. Like, yeah. Right. I want chocolate, exactly. Like, you need like
2: actual chocolate. Yes. All right, and one last one for this, it would be beer or wine.
1: Oh, <laughs> you know my answer. No, yours I don't is. have a choice. I I've been I have gout, so my doctor okay. says stay away from grains and Yeah. Coming out of a hot kitchen beer? Yeah. Any other time wine. I'd have to say I'd have to say beer unless
3: it's like with dinner. I'm not going to drink I probably won't drink beer with dinner. Okay. I, I do drink a decent amount of wine though. Okay, I I'm, so I'm, I'm wine. White. Definitely red
2: yeah yeah
3: Steve? Red. i red? mean both are good but red would be my preference
2: okay yes. nice all right and then we
0: have a a final question that oh. we always have yeah, <laughs> this one, one is one a little this requires a little more yeah this right. is our closing oh, so if you're sitting at your table at home or wherever your favorite place to be is what is on your table what are you eating and who is with you <sighs>
1: Oh goodness What is on my table?
0: The
2: gears are turning Look at that The smoke's oh, coming Lord, out of there This I one's know. hard
1: This is a hard one Yeah Because you're naming All these scenarios That aren't actually real
2: <laughs> 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 They never this <laughs> Is this like a made up
0: answer <laughs> they to it? people To table. <laughs> Um <laughs> Well
2: just imagine In this glorious day There's one day That you get to choose What are you going to eat And who's going to sit At your table What's on your table?
1: Um, fried chicken okay. Possibly um, And
2: who's with you? Who's at your table?
1: My wife my, And it has to be my girls Yeah Yeah, because we just don't get to sit at a table Very often together And like um, It's special Even though it's Bananas with the three and five year old. It's yeah. Um, they're very adventurous too. You know, like I love to see when they eat new things and their yeah. face. And it has to be them. All
2: right. So I'd, have a, I'd have I'd have a. Yeah,
1: and I'd have a celebrity probably. That
2: you know. All right. Well, who's the
1: celebrity? I don't know. Like Black I, Panther, <laughs> Pink Panther. Black Panther. I don't. You know, like those. That doesn't get me. Maybe. Um julia child maybe
2: Mm, good answer yeah maybe
1: maybe her maybe um i mean there's a long list in those kind of people that i I would love to sit down with for five minutes
0: right
1: um but yeah like the celebrity thing we get them in here all the time and like i don't even know who they are because i'm so old like (laughs) you're so busy yeah like like black panther you know this guy i
2: well i mean i don't the movie (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh so he's in
1: here like five nights a week now Oh really? And it took an 18-year-old host to tell me who he is. Like, yeah. I don't know who that is. Like, nor do I really care, but like <laughs> it's like they're like, that's Black Panther sitting there. And I'm like, so what? You <laughs> what know? I, that mean? I mean, I mean that. yeah, I so what? Who is that? So obviously they're filming something, but you know, we've had Jonathan Groff, um from Mind Enter Mindhunter. You know, he was here for like two years. I use in the restaurant three, four nights a week and him and I just hang out and talk, you know, mm-hmm. like they're just.
2: You're still doing the same thing. You still yeah. want to feed him a great meal right. like everybody yes. else. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So who do you
1: want,
3: Ronnie? All
2: right.
1: Who do I want? I mean,
3: 100% my, my fiance, Kaylin, you know, she's, I mean, she's she's the best. She, uh and as far as food, um, I'm a big taco guy. Mm-hmm. I really am. And like, and I know she would vouch for this too because she's, she's one for like I'll come home from work a lot of times. So we'll just have like a taco bar, just like ready to go, and we'll just sit down and have tacos together.
2: All right, so she gets it. She's yeah. so we got to tell Max like pick up some pick up some chicken and get the girls to the table. Yeah, she Fried can't chicken. Fry it, though I have no, to. She's <laughs> That's the problem. Can't you just like have some oh, Kentucky Fried yeah. Chicken for one? Actually,
1: you know what? Maybe. <laughs> don't you have like, I don't, a pleasure yes.
2: like some fast I'm, food?
1: Oh, I do. I'm taco a Taco Bo- Bell. Taco free. Bell.
2: Oh, everybody. I'm a, All I eat <laughs> is a
1: bean burrito. And like that's my go-to like I don't you'd be amazed I don't eat our food either oh my I, I, I never eat a, it's
0: so good I it never, you should I've never ever had
1: a complete dish I have in parts and segments right. but I've never sat down and ate a complete dish of anything in this restaurant oh, ever we
0: can recommend some yeah, <laughs> <eat any> recommendations <laughs> The carrot, carrot cake. I'm yeah, always, I I'm always I like. I love
3: oh, carrot cake. Oh, yeah.
1: carrot cake. <laughs> see, those are the things you get pigeonholed into. and It's like, you get people saying they won't come.
0: That,
2: if you, you take it what? off the menu. You can't take that off the menu. I see. And it, it doesn't, doesn't come. come. It will never come off the Or the bread and butter. The bread yeah, and butter the bread and butter, is butter cannot come off the menu.
1: But then you, you, how do you keep it at 16?
2: Well, You, you can't gotta, make it
1: 17. You can't make it 18. Well, like, you
2: got to switch out something else. Those two things can't go all right oh well well guys thank you so much for having us into the restaurant today we have enjoyed our conversation with you thank you for sharing i think probably for us one of the most important things is is how you feel it is about the food yes but it's also about how you feel when you go into some place and we have always felt extremely welcomed here from the host or hostess at the front to your staff working front of house to your partner Brian who will work his way through the (laughs) restaurant like a gem. We just we absolutely love it here. We adore you guys. I think you guys know that.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
2: Everybody else that knows us knows it as well. So.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for letting us take a break today and hang (laughs) out and just like have a normal conversation at a table. Yeah.
0: Yeah yeah, this was fun. Doesn't happen
1: very often. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. All right, all right, Star, if anybody wants to ask any questions about acorn or anything else how do they get a hold of well, us well
2: as always give us a follow on social media you'll find us on instagram facebook and twitter we are at gormanberg g-o-u-r-m-a-n-d-b-u-r-g-h and you can email us as well i am star that's s-t-a-r with
0: one r at gormandberg or gormandberg girls.com and you are i am jen at gormandberg or dot girls.com and if you would be so kind to rate and review us on itunes or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast we really Appreciate it. That helps others to find us. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us here at Acorn, and we will talk to you next week. Bye bye.